when you're so knowledgeable about something and you're like, bro, this shit's lit. This shit is it. And then the next person just doesn't understand. You're trying to explain it to somebody, but when somebody doesn't understand how monumental it is for you, it's like, fuck, like, how do I get this person to care? Being able to share the feeling, that's what we all have. Like, everybody perceives things at a different time and place. Like, you know, the way you feel about house and I feel about house and versus everybody else is, is different because it's within, like, a time and place, for example, like, when you heard this song, you literally probably was thinking of something else and like it didn't register versus this person like, yo, this was exactly what I was feeling right now. I was just about to take, you know, that sip or I was just about to walk up to that girl and it hit. Boom. I love this fucking song. This is Sad Boy Radio. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Sad Boy Radio. I'm your host, Matt. And today we got a very special guest, man. He's the co-founder of Many of your favorite festivals, Michelada Fest, My House Music Fest, Moss Flow. He's, man, an ex a very experienced DJ. You've been doing this for a long, long time. And a lot of people like to call him the mayor of Pilsen. So go ahead and introduce yourself, man. What's going on? My name's M-Doc. That's short for Murdoch. But, you know, better known as Marcus. All my people from Pilsen area, Southside. You know, they call me M. Pleasure to be here, man. I'm excited. Chop it up. Let's get to bed. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, we've been talking for a minute now, but, you know, now we're going to get into the real deep shit. We're going to get into, you know, the real reason you're here, but I appreciate yeah, you coming sure. through, bro. And I want you to touch on, you know, your nickname real quick. You know, the mayor of Pilsen. You grew up in Pilsen. Your mom established roots over in Pilsen. So it definitely is a place that has a lot of sentimental value for you and you've seen the way that the neighborhood's been changing, right? So talk about the significance of the nickname for you. My nickname, it, it's like a, it's given to me generally through being around all the best things that probably like happened, you know, in Pilsen and the bad. I mean, born and raised over there, you got two blocks apart, you know, a lot of, and just being, a lot, a lot of people fighting, gangs and all that and just being able still to live through all of that and party and show people like hey yo you really can party over here that's like basically bringing people the mayor you bringing people together like that's point blank like bringing people together in Pilsen more than anybody else has mm -hmm. uh essentially through the power of like music events and even bringing community people who work in Pilsen too that same event, which is a party or a festival. It's bringing people together, you know? That's what we want our leaders to do, you know? And you've been doing that for such a long time, bro. You know, just like I mentioned, you've been through so much within the area. You've seen so many changes, and there's changes that have happened that you can control and some that you can't, right? Mm -hmm. um, through it all, these experiences continue to shape you, and you've had many phases throughout your life where they've, become who you are you've taken those qualities from that time of your life and you've either carried it with you you've dropped some at some point or you dropped it picked it back up and now it still lives within you somewhere right i'm gonna go basic right now right i took a drake lyric i always take drake lyrics in 6 p.m in new york he says some nights i wish i could go back in life not to change shit just to feel a couple things twice and i liked i you know i like that lyric because i was like man that shit's real because 
a lot of the times we experience these things and people always think about it like, man, I wish I could have changed that. But I'm a pessimist. So when it comes to like heartbreak or a sad feeling, I'd rather feel that and know that I felt that than be able to go back and change Most that definitely. shit. Most definitely. Uh, another team that I'm a part is Herbal Notes, you know, shout out to the squad. Uh, we say, you know, they're, they're, there's never any mistake. There's only lessons, you know. Everything that you go through, if you are aware of that hardship, you should understand that's a lesson, you know. It's like fire and you get burnt. It's a, and not even in, like, the negative way. It's just you should, have, you should have learned from that experience, even if it was pleasant or if it was unpleasant. Like, why are you going to stick around things that you don't like forever, you know what I'm saying? It's like they say, insanity is doing the same thing twice after you already fucked up the first time. Most definitely. What is one of those hard lessons that you had to learn? You know, like, when they say, like, kindness is a weakness, you can learn a lot from being kind, but then also, too, it's like, some people don't change as fast as other people, you know? Like, you all, you're always going to... That's always, like, a person's, like, fault. Other than that, when creating, and you can't be insane for creativity and doing something like that, that's where some of the best things are birthed, you know? Um, but with people, yeah, that's, that's, that's insanity. But, I mean, we, we are all guilty of that. We can see it all around us. <laughs> the one thing I wanted to hit real quick is, right, your birthday just passed. Happy belated birthday. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate you coming right after your birthday, so that's dope. With birthdays comes reflection, right? You grow when you're older. You start to look back on all the things that have happened throughout your life and the ways that these experiences have impacted you. Um, you've been a creative for such a long time. You've done so many different things. You're tall as fuck, so... You used to hoop at one point, right? Still um, balling, man. Uh, you still be hooping? You <laughs> be dunking on people, bro? Left hand, right hand, two hand. I was yelling at some youngers in the gym the other day, <laughs> talking about they, they don't go hard enough. I'm serious, bro. They don't play They don't play 94 feet. They taking breaks. Uh, man, let's play ball. They only shoot threes now, bro. Threes are cold, but it's like not everybody can shoot. Realistically, not everybody can shoot. You be seeing the bogus-ass jumpers? All types of them, bro. Um, man. It's it's crazy. Like, that's a role-playing game, and people get so, like, out of touch with it, you know? So, some niggas got to stick to what, <laughs> <laughs> stick to what they do. Nah, but, like, yeah, hooping, uh, mad creativity, and doing everything. I just, it's knowledge, bro. You mm -hmm. gotta, don't turn it off for nobody. Here's what I wanted you to do, right? I picked out four different things that you've done throughout your life. I want you to reflect on a pivotal moment in each of these phases that have impacted you and who you are today. So the first one we're going to start with is, you know, being a B-boy. What was a pivotal moment that had impacted the way you are today while you were being a B-boy? You know, B-boying, the, the actual element of it is, is comes from, like, a, a group of, like, people use our, like, pushing your yourself to the limit to do these crazy-ass dance moves in order to represent yourself against a whole nother crew, per se, you know? Uh, we used to be in the parties dancing and going crazy, and then we realized, like, you know, it was a super, like, spectacle, like, you know, per se, like, everybody, per se, like, wanted to do it. But we still kept it, like, underground, like how everybody does keep everything, like, how everybody starts everything from the ground up underground. We and we started linking with other people. And from doing that, I ventured off into another element, and I ended up doing graffiti from that. And, you know, if I wasn't b-boying and meeting 
all these different breakers and going to these parties and these events with music, I probably wouldn't be sitting right here today, you know? So that significant, that pivotal point of just being at parties and just understanding how fun this was and not because people were like, oh, you're dope, this and that, but because of the, the options and the things I can do because of like being there, the people that I meet, you really put, you put everything around you. If mm -hmm. you're really doing your craft and everything, you put things around you. It allowed you to grow. It not only allowed your network to grow, but it allowed you to grow from that, right? Mm -hmm. I think that that's one of the best things about being a creative. Once you put yourself into one space, you're not pigeonholed. The only person that pigeonholes you is yourself because you're the one telling you, I can't do anything other than what I'm already doing because that's how people view me. But in reality, you see all these artists, you see Kanye, right? I don't want to talk about Kanye too much right now because of all the drama, but Kanye was a producer. He went on to rap. He went on to do fashion. He went on to do all these different things when somebody just told him, you're just a producer, sit down, do that. So that's one thing, right? Next, we'll go into basketball, right? We just talked about it. You're a hooper. You were hooping since you were little. You were at the parks playing. And in your previous interview with Sabi, you talked about how that had a significant impact on you. So what's the pivotal moment there that shaped you into who you are today? Say, for example, if you've been hooping or engaged in a sport or a form of, like, competition or a form of something where you have to, like, graduate or step up every single, like, level. Um, there's peers involved. There's coaches involved. There's just, there's different tiers of, like, all these people around you that are trying to get you to be disciplined or they, you you like the the victories. I mean, you get better so you can, you know, show, show your craft better. Uh, just then thinking about the whole game and like the roles and like how people win championships and how people have dynasties for like consistent years, you start to understand that when you do something like super well, you kind of should stick to that. It's very hard to do everything. It is very like hard to do everything. You, even the best players in the league probably never win rings because they try to do too much, you know? Um, my coach gave me that. He's like, you see those people in college? Like, yeah, that dude's probably a bum, but he can shoot that corner shot. Nine out of ten times you put the ball in his hand, and that's what he's getting paid for. Uh, if we understood life in the role of, like, a basketball game and just hung and stuck to, like, our parts and be patient, like, that's kind of what can... That's You will always get better. Because, mm -hmm. like, LeBron, you know, he just made all-time score in the world, like... He's going to keep scoring, and then he's not going to be in the league no more. You know, years are going to pass. Who's going to step up and then take that mantle? It changes, you know? So it's like basketball is dope, bro. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's dope. Like, even today, like, I, how I was saying, I was busting these kids. You know, I was whooping them at the Y, like, and I'm just like, this is all you, this is it? Like, I'm like, man, like, that means that kids are not even holding basketball that crazy anymore. Like, mm -hmm. it's not even a thing. It's like. Their sport has changed. That's something that I saw a shift in, you know, while I was growing up. It's crazy because you start to see the things that matter in people's life change. And mm -hmm. it's, it's also with society, but also the people that you're around, right? 
that's why people start to go their separate ways because this person starts to value making money. This person still values making memories and this person values being in a certain lifestyle. And with that being said, it reflects in society, right? You got these hustlers, you got these businessmen, and you got this person that's content with making enough to live in creating something bigger than themselves, being maybe a family. With sure. basketball, right, it teaches you a lot of different lessons in life, especially okay. when you have the right team around you. Something I love that you said before was you need a team to be able to continue to grow. And being an athlete, you have somebody that's going to take you to practice. You have somebody that's going to teach you. You have somebody keeping you on track, making sure you're making the right decisions. And without all of that, you just got somebody that's trying to find their place in the world. So now we move into being a DJ. You know, that's your, that's your day job, essentially. That's what you do, and you love it. You can do it in your sleep. Talk about a pivotal moment right there that has made you who you are. Don't get me wrong. I started doing DJing while I was throughout college and hooping and basketball, but it's recently now turned into something that I... It's developed to something that I'm like, like, this is not no longer DJing. Like, I can... I could... The whole time having this interview, if I was in the background, I could be DJing some music real gentle that goes with this interview that wouldn't interrupt us at all. Like, it's more of just, like, being that little, being that flavor in the background or that ultimate outer level and being able to actually see everything and take care of it. So I digress back to the pivotal point of me DJing and understanding that it, I wasn't, I'm not only DJing now, you know? So then I started having to change my environment of where I'm DJing at, the party, what I'm being able to play, like what I want to play, and then also knowing that on the end that we're being taken care of. Because at the cause at the end of the day, you know, I used to DJ when I was 17, and it was very simple. You know, we put a text message out. Obviously, we had, we, we were buying, you know, our own beverages, so we would charge people like $5, $10 at the door. You know, you go, then why would you, if I'm like 17 and literally I'm making probably like 600 to like $900 a night off of just a house party and I'm playing in somebody's club and they're only giving you like 150 and out, like why does that make sense? Like I understand the fact of bringing all these people to the party and having a good time, but now I'm like hell bent on DJing and making sure that's taken care of. Like I don't even want bouncers introducing their stuff the same because ultimately that reflects on me as a DJ as providing this music. Like, mm -hmm. Seeing DJ and knowing that throughout this whole set, I can change the way somebody, like, feels for the night. And, like, that is everything, you know? As um, soon as I realize that, that just changes. I got to take care of more as a DJ. I just can't play music. Like, I can do that. I, that's Nobody's going to change that. <laughs> but I have to do more with this, you know? So is this why you've moved towards, I don't want to say smaller venues, but I'd say more... You move towards a smaller venue, but then you put on these more professional shows, such as the show at Metro Tribe. You know, some people will call it niche. I say it's more people-focused. I'm I'm very kind of like, like very hell-bent on satisfying people at a party. Like, I want to give you exactly what you want to need. I want to put you in the right flavor. I want to put you in the right mood. Like, 
you know, there's bigger venues, but think about how quick they are to the masses. How do you feel in them? Like, you know, ask, how do you feel in, like, those big venues? And, like, a metro? Not even, like, a metro, just, like, say a big, big club where it's just, like, a big-ass club that you don't know nobody downtown, See, the DJ. How do you feel in those places? I used to like them when I was going to get fucked up. I don't go to get fucked up no more. I go to, because I'm trying to support one of the DJs that is there. Or I'm trying to, you know, make those business and network connections. But it's not, it's not to have fun no more. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And my whole thing is, like, how did, how did the end of the night feel? Don't get me wrong. Everybody has their own problems. Somebody get a little bit too fucked up. Life hits you the wrong way the nights. But, like, when you generally go out and you have a good time and you know that the music was taken care of, you can remember those nights, like, more than the other ones. You remember the other ones, but you, like, try to block them out or you... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> that's a that's a big role, and I think people should play to that. It's it's if you invite people to a space, you know, take care of that. But then also, if you are a bystander going to somebody's place, be respectable, and that's what makes a good time. So then that leads into you being an event curator. Right. You know, you you're an event curator. You're an event coordinator. You're all of it, right? You put on these huge festivals. Mas Flow, Michelada Fest, My House Music Fest. I know that's one of your personal favorites because you guys love house music. And I say you guys as in Los Desvelados. So shout out you guys. As an event curator, what was that pivotal moment for you? You know, shout out to the boys, Ghetto Division, back in the days. I'm talking about like 07, 09 and climbing uh, back-to-back sold-out shows at the Metro, Southside Shakedown, where we literally called it Southside Shakedown at the Metro and did some Southside things there. Ultimately developing some mad warehouse parties. I'm talking about with Paul Johnson. Uh, we had Diplo at a house party one time. You had we Diplo had, at a house party? We used to call this spot Club Crib in Pilsen. I'm talking about every Friday and Saturday. We had speakers as big as washing machines, and we're DJing, like, on a table with a rack. Bro, talking about when Serato first came out, like, we were busting through that like crazy um and from there like me and my homies we've always invited somebody that was a super hot dj with our boys super hot dj like a homie that we look up to with our boys if we had the bread we'll go get somebody that we couldn't even think of imagine getting we got them and i mean that's as simple as the formula should be bro we i think one time one thing you have to understand like when coordinating or doing anything in life coordinating your life or say is like setting a boundary or a limit to what you actually can reach, you know? Um, we've always did that, and always gonna overreach, but realistically, there's a boundary. And it's phenomenal. Like, it's even some people that I've booked years ago, like, we still, like, we're still, like, linking up. Like, today I have a, today, for example, I'm gonna have a meeting, or more like a, a panel discussion soon with, Somebody that I DJed with back in the days, I'm talking about when I was like in 2010, um, with four, uh, you know, Brandon Brooks, Chance the Rapper's uh, designer, Mm -hmm. Brandon Bro. uh, At his party when he uh, was linked up with his friend Juan, they had Inns Wealth Corp clothing brand. So my homie, uh, he's now a, a newfound like lawyer that handles all the type of you know, business that we deal with as artists and labeling and, you know, distribution. He became the businessman. Exactly, <laughs> and he was a DJ. Like, and now we're going to sit down and talk about, 
you know, the importance of that. And also I'm going to be able to, you know, hopefully bring a black Chicago house pioneer to the table who was also selling records and all that stuff. And literally shed light on that path so the people who are, like, you know, younger and want to know how it's done can now get on track the right way and, you know? Because mm -hmm. somebody needs to do it. That's always been the thing of, like, event coordinating is that you will want somebody to put you in the right place, but there's only a few people like us who are willing to, like, all right, let's do something nice. Let's do it. Let's do it right, you know? And I love that about you, man. You, you love to sh give the youth information. I know somebody that you've taken under your wing is Jay Santos, right? Yeah. He speaks so highly of you all the time. Okay. And I love that dude because he's so humble. He's so humble, and his energy is just... It's pure, you know. Mm -hmm. He doesn't look to gain anything from you if he if he doesn't need it. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate you being such a good mentor for him. I feel like it's a waste of time not to share knowledge because man, life can go like that. And if you could have helped somebody, why would you keep it, yo? Like we do that too much. We turn, we turn. This whole thing is turned into like a, a competition, and it shouldn't be. Like you know, it should be like a sport, like basketball. We, you know, you had your star player. That motherfucker didn't play every good. He didn't play good every game. He wasn't getting numbers like that. And then he wasn't going to be that star if that big man wasn't getting rebounds or that person wasn't doing that, you know? So you revert back to that, and it's not. It's a competition, but it should be a healthy competition of getting better and doing better, you know? It shouldn't be, like, looking for somebody to do less. Like, mm. So that's how we treat, like, that's how I am with my boys and when it comes to, like, DJing, like, like, is you doing that? I'll let you know if you, like, even if you're struggling, I'll let you know flat out what it is. Mm. I tell people a lot of time, you need to dance more. You felt like you didn't have a good set. Well, were you dancing? Um, well, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, one thing I want to ask you, actually, is why? Why is it so important for you guys to highlight house music? You go back to the beginning of this when you talk about b-boying. Um, house was, like, one of the main, as a Chicago b-boy, house is definitely one of the main genres you were breaking to. It was hip-hop, breakbeats, soul, funk, and then house music. It's right up that ladder. And if you were, like, a dancer, then you go up, you get into, like, ghetto tech and right into footwork, and you come right back down, right around. So uh, house music, just being able to <laughs> remix one of your, your hip-hop songs and put it on a 4-4, some tech sounds with it, and <sighs> crazy. Uh, I mean, my first memories of house music was get in the backseat and listen to my mom. Like, I, th I remember that she would play uh, Don't Be Cruel. And then, like, after that, you'll hear, like, Follow Me Come On or something like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was just like, even now, I'm like, man, these songs weren't that fall apart, you know, had like that type of bounce. Don't be cruel. Follow me. Like, it's, you know, and I think the way that it's being, represented right now is too quick it's like wham bam thank you man I'm like nah it's do some more to it bro put some more put your flavor on it don't don't just take this sample from this like put you on that you know house music so dope because it has so many faces it's like you could have a house wreck everybody everybody in the world could have a house ep mm -hmm. <laughs> literally and it would sound a bit different. It would be house music, but it would sound a bit different. Mm -hmm. um, and bringing that to light and showing the flavor, because it died down. Look at the venues. Look at, like, when it just started, like, 
coming back up. We've always did it, but it was considered underground. I think that that definitely is like a Pilsen staple, right? Uh, that's something that you'll hear anytime you go out into Pilsen. And it doesn't matter who the DJ is. You know, I Santos just had dripping Inez over at Twisted. And House is something you'll hear definitely from Drip. And it's something you'll hear from Santos. I didn't stay long enough for another set, so I can't say if I heard it. But, you know, uh, it's definitely something you'll hear at Twisted no matter what. Don't get me wrong. Every DJ, every DJ can play, um, you know, all these genres. But when you truly, like, get into, like, House, it it, it turns into, like, an instrument, you know? If you, it, it turns into an instrument, bro. It's beyond just track and track. It's, uh, you got so many EQs and so many breaks to do with it. Uh, our main thing right now is to teach that, like to show that it's deeper than just like this hit song that just came out. Like, that's cool, but like now, mm. see why people overseas are going crazy for it. See why there's this billion dollar, like why, why Cascade is making this much money. Or see why like, you know, do you, do you know who Honey Dijon is? Do you know who you know, Mr. V is, do you know, you know, who Terry Hunter is in your own city and that he just got nominated for a Grammy for doing a record with Beyonce. Mm. And he played at our parties, you know, like it's, with the, the the reach is not out of there. You have to, we're just trying to bring that to light. And then, and then the, the real beauty that I think comes from that is the birth of that new unfound champion that's like, making good music like his way with the best attributes from legends and everybody else. And it's like, this is it. This is the next thing. You know what's so frustrating? Yeah, and I know you probably get it because since house is such a niche thing, right? When you're so knowledgeable about something and you're like, bro, this shit's lit. This shit is it. And then the next person just doesn't understand. You're trying to explain it to somebody, but when somebody doesn't understand how monumental it is for you, it's like, fuck, like, how do I get this person to care? Being able to share the feeling, that's what we all have. Like, everybody perceives things at a different time and place. Like, you know, the way you feel about house and I feel about house and versus everybody else is, is different because it's within, like, a time and place. For example, like, when you heard this song, <laughs> you literally probably was thinking of something else and, like, it didn't register versus this person, like, yo, this was exactly what I was feeling right now. I was just about to take, you know, that sip, or I was just about to walk up to that girl, and it hit. Boom. I love this fucking song. Mm. You know, it might take you a few more seconds for that to resonate. You fall in love with the moment. Yeah. You fall in love with the moment and what it made you feel rather than the actual, you know, consistency of it. I just saw an old quote. It's like, you know, when you're in love with somebody, sometimes you're more in love with the memories of that person than you are with the actual person at this point in your life. And that was something that, man, I was going through my archives of posts that I saved. I'm like, damn, it's been sad boys for real since oh, since 2018. Like, damn, that shit was old. Nah, don't, don't get me wrong, bro. Behind all this stuff, it's always, it's mad sadness, man. I think I worked so hard just because of all that, you know? It's... You know, if you have the choice, you have the options to do a bit better, you you know, stop being, just do it, man. You, you, it, it sucks because you like, uh, that little, but it's better than not getting, or not creating your own sunshine or getting sunshine. Then you're going to feel like depressed, bro. Like, so then I got to ask you, what, what do you feel like you're bearing 
that you're working so hard? I don't want anything to go off the table. You know, I want to instill confidence in people. Uh, you know, confidence comes with, like, knowledge, putting that to practice, and now people can do it, you know? Uh, I mean, I'm a person that's, I'm very, I'm very confident in what I can do. I'm, I got, like, mad options. I can think of something like that. And I, I kind of want more people to feel that way, too, so they can lift the burden, you know? Because it's always, like, you do feel like a burden of just carrying on things, like, it gets like that, bro. It's like a, it's a, you could call it a family thing or that, but you just know you have to hold up stuff, you know? Mm. And then it's like, if people are more knowledgeable about, like, time and they, like, step up, then when somebody actually doesn't fall through, it won't be, like, a big thing. You get me? Mm. You, you'll be understanding, like, oh, yeah, let him break, let him take a break for a bit. He's cool, you know? Mm. Like, sometimes you don't even get that, bro. People don't even see all of that because you just, you're just putting out deliverables. Just, boom. People just want, they want that now. So do you feel like sometimes you are, you're viewed as, I'll, I guess it would be you're not viewed as a human with feelings, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That gets, think about it, man. It's just like when people, like, for example, when people scroll down and they see your stuff, they only want to take a certain portion from it. They're not looking to be, like, fully invested in it. So, per se, putting up, Putting up, like, a certain portion of your problems is mad irrelevant. You know, I'd rather put up something that either at a point where they can help or that I can show them what what has aspired after this, what has, you know, what have I learned from this. Um, we all have problems, man. I mean, it's, we have it in our feelings. So I think it's I think it's negative to reflect a certain part of that when you don't even know what the fuck's going on. Like, don't put that on somebody else. Like, unless you you're seeking out in a in an attempt to relate, mm. we do it. A, we do it a lot, and it comes out so wrong. It comes out in anger. It comes out like, and get the fuck out the way. It comes out in so many other things, and it's like, chill, bro. That goes hand in hand with really the to- what the topic was supposed to be. Right, you can't control everything. You can't control everything that goes wrong in your life. You can't control all the good things. You can only put in so much work to the point where you obtain what is within your reach. Everything else is, if it comes, it comes, right? If, uh, I don't even have an example, but it'd be be like that. I wanted to go back a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. When it comes to those phases in your life, I was scrolling through your Instagram. I was trying to find some shit. And I noticed that all your old pictures are dated by year now. The caption was edited to reflect the year. Mm. And all these years, you know, they capture specific moments of your life. Just like you said, using these social media platforms, it's meant to create relationships and business. A lot of the times people just throw shit up there to throw shit up there. And they're not really intentional with the way that they're moving. Mm -hmm. But being an event curator for you is something that you've been doing for a very long time. You've established a company with a grassroots events. So grassroots events was uh, the prior company that me and my friend Fernando and the other our groups when we started Micha uh, the first year. Uh, okay. The one company that I made up myself was Tribe, uh, the house event. Like that's solely me. The other one I am, like festivals, I'm solely co-founder of the name, the product itself but ultimately, like, music director, event coordinator. Um, 
So, yeah, given that, I mean, that was started off of that, but that has more, that has way more, like, moving parts in there, you know? Mm. I can control, I have only was able to control as far as, like, the lineup, the music output, people, people involved, like, you know, especially, like, from our city and the flow of that. Um, yeah. So as far as, like, the, the grassroots company that I've, that I've created, like, for example, doing, like, an event at Metro, uh, which tried that's it's that's the one that's revolving around the house music and the fashion uh you know the live musicians uh even like the artist tributes world renowned like chicago legend djs um that's like that's a company well yeah continue with that that's a no you could keep going (laughs) you could have explained it you know you you could break it down with with tribe being as a production company um house music production company it's getting people into it with house like house is fire bro um all across the globe from ny to miami to la down to texas up into canada detroit um and it's it's hood, bro. It's it's hood. House is as hood as possible. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't get it twisted. <laughs> House is hood. I cannot. They, they might play it out in Europe, but you know where it started, bro. It's everywhere. It's the same everywhere, bro. It's hoods in Europe too, bro. Like everybody's not clocking checks, like, and that's where we make music, cause you know, like, it's a form of like release. You know, when you, I don't, what. How can I say this? I don't think a, a rich kid can make as good music as a as a poor as, kid. As a hood kid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's don't get me in a in a in a sort of context of like, I mean, you don't have much. This is all you have to. Like, you know, just for example, you creating, you know, your podcast and your interviews from scratch and building versus like somebody creating like their DJ style and everything from scratch from the beginning. Like there's there's blueprints, but you can't follow those perfect. Otherwise, they won't stand out. You are always gonna remain in somebody like shadow. Um, mm-hmm. So dating back to like tribe is something where it's it's a like it's a a company that I want to take music and these events very professionally and tasteful. And I don't want to miss a step with, like, the community and everybody involved. I want to be very, you know, thorough. Like, let's let's start giving people their flowers. Let's put people in the right positions. And then if somebody has something to say about it, we'll, like, tell them why. If you believe, I'm, I'm so open for questions. I want people to ask, like, why? Like, why is this in there? Like, well, what do you have to bring to the table? You know, where where's your, your acolytes? What have you done? Have you... Have you tried to get people to like to hear you? You know, like there's like no more excuses. <laughs> like, yeah. trust me, because I've I've lived through them all myself. Like a DJ, I have to. I had a question earlier this week, and you know, from putting on the shows, one of our main organizers like, when is it going to be M Doc's time? Like, to to you know, headline one of these. Mm. I gave him my answer, but you know, that'll be on the next time. Oh, for Tribe? For for just, main, like, city festivals in general. Okay, okay. One year I did open up for the headliner because we had to, unfortunately, put somebody off the bill, but I ended up opening up before DJ Pierre. Um, he's basically one of the, the found, he's the one of the founders of uh, Acid House Music. If you ever listen to 
like Acid House, it started from them, you know? Mm. So that was like, in that tier, like that Accolade, I can say that around the world and it's recognized. Mm-hmm. And it's not big, it's not like, oh, Bad Bunny, all that, but it resonates, you know? And as you grow, that's what you want to do. You want things that resonate. Mm-hmm. It, and it's in your own tier. We're not all going to be in the same lane, you know? You want to create <laughs> something that's relatable for everybody, you know, just just like we were saying. It's the moment that's going to make people relate and the moment that's going to make people want to continue listening. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you about how your experience working with these music festivals has helped you learn the business behind the scenes because being an event coordinator with them or a co-founder with them and understanding how you're running a music festival is a lot different from just performing. So for you being able to be behind the scenes, what are some major differences you've noticed between being just a performer and being behind the scenes? You got to account for other people's time. You can't, like... You can't ask for work without taking that into consideration because at the end of the day, everybody has, like, lives. Everybody needs to feed themselves. Everybody needs to rest. Like, we're all, like, just humans in the back of the day. So you want to take care of more than you ever thought, imagined, just, like, show, you know, some people, they just have to show up, clock in. They don't have to worry about nothing else. Mm-hmm. But then you have to, but what if I, you have to worry about and make sure that clock in machine works so all these people can file? And then you have to make sure that all these people are registered that, so that their payments get in there. And it's like just working, just working at a, like a higher. Like you just it's a higher overview of things. And um, once you get that that higher overview of things, when you get down to the minimum, you can work out all those little minor problems that you get in your day to day business. Like a lot of stuff that we do. For, at small venues is so like unnecessary and so like unorganized. <laughs> like these some of these festivals, bro, we organize very quick and it's really like a couple days of like sitting down and actually talking and putting in work, not not venturing off like actual focus, thinking mm-hmm. about what's gonna happen in the good scenarios and what's gonna happen in the bad scenarios, being ready for all the possibilities and then Issuing out the roles and <laughs> day of, let's go. Is <laughs> dealing with the unexpected, right? Not being able to control everything. That was a major thing that, uh, and I, you know, I would like to highlight the good and the bad. I know Moss Flow, there was a lot of unexpected shit that happened, right? The weather for one was, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't what it could have been. Uh, there were a few artist cancellations, obviously. So dealing with the punches and kind of continuing to grow, right? How do you feel like you guys handled it and what did you learn from that experience? I mean, handle it and still like handle it. We can't put it on people to understand how much these shows like like actually cost, how much work that goes behind it, you know? It's like you're trying to create a super big business to be ran for like a certain amount of time and take care of it. But the main thing was the service and like I mean people got some people saw somebody who they never thought they were going to see in their life up close near their crib a very something you know monumental for the culture like we that event probably changed somebody's life forever even though it wasn't like you know like the good and the bad but there's no mistakes only lessons 
like, you bet that motherfucker's gonna get better after that. Everybody involved has got has gotten better from that. Like you, you have to even from the good, even from the good moments of, man, this was like my first performance or this was like my first big festival working or that. You've you've obtained some type of knowledge because this is something that we haven't done ever. Even think about the I can even think about the people who have uh, worked Swinios. I'm pretty sure they feel the same way. And they're coming back for their, their next year. Uh, it's like it's a job, bro. It's like it's a part. It's a job, but it's doing something you love, and it's being like organized. You have to prepare for the success of it, but also be in the range of the failures. Taking that info and set yourself up for even better success the next time. Uh, yeah, bro. It's it's worth it, but it's a lo- it's a long game, you know. Like people want to, they see somebody famous, they're like, "Damn, LeBron killed it! I want to be LeBron this next day." Not gonna happen. They don't know <laughs> what it took to get there. That, that's one of my favorite things to talk about, right? The journey. The journey is what makes you who you are, and it gets you to that point of when people actually see what's going on, they don't know all that work. You know, somebody I've been talking to a lot more recently, you know, Jason from Private Stock, Mm -hmm. (laughs) he was like, I seen your product, and I, you know, we we were having an actual conversation. He's like, how did you get to this point? You know, one day you just kind of popped up, and you kept popping up, and you kept popping up. And he didn't realize, you know, the struggles and the growing pains that we had to have to get to the point where we are. And it's still not perfect. Mm -hmm. I'm still hoping to continue to grow. I'm proud of where we are at this point, but there's always bigger things we can accomplish. So when it comes to that, you know, understanding the journey and what it took for somebody to get there, it's much bigger than their current point. And that's why I love to have these interviews, right? Especially with the older people, because... You have so much knowledge, you have so much wisdom that you're able to pass down and maybe you could stop us from making a couple mistakes that you made. I would gladly to. <laughs> I want to, bro. I, that's why I talk to my younger DJs like all the time, like, like do it right. Cause it's a struggle, bro. You out like you it's a struggle if you're not taking care of the business. Like you you are out here doing a phenomenal job. You know, people they, they know you, they love you. Yo, I'm I bet you if you put together all of those gross amounts of those venues and you saw the allotted amount of money that they made and you realize that you can't even get a little fair percentage of that, you're going to start evaluating. And that's everybody in life. That's not, that's, DJ is just one thing, but I could put that in multiple businesses. That's why it's like taking account of people's time and like their worth is so, so key. Some people, I mean, some, we just go by, some people, most people go by day to day and just like, all right, I'm, I'm content with this. But when it comes to something you've been doing like for years and years and you got a whole overview, you, you know where that, you know how much value that has. And in the knowledge form, I'm going to shed that. I'm like, yo, this is how much value you got. Don't let anybody else tell you that. If I can do it now, because we've, I don't want to put nobody through something that we've, that we've been through that's like hardship. Like, why do that, you know? There's, there's no point for that, you know? It's a waste of time. Mm. We should be looking to get better. A lot of people view it as they got to pay their dues. I understand that, but it's just so ignorant because it's, it's so easy not to. 
Mm. It's so easy too. Don't get me wrong. It's so easy to be like that, but I feel like it's more effort and like not to, because it's like you're literally when somebody asks a question, you're like uh, avoid, and just like you. Yeah, you know, I keep bringing up quotes, but that you know how they say it's easier to be ain't. It's easier to forgive somebody than it is to be angry at them. Because to be angry at somebody, you gotta hold that, you gotta internalize it, and you gotta feel it every day. You gotta wake up and be like, I'm mad at this person. I don't want to talk to them. Whereas. You know, I feel like human nature, time heals all wounds. So over time, you're just going to realize, like, it is what it is. Let's keep it moving and not let it impact my day-to-day. I mean, that's the truth, bro. Like, beyond DJing, I also train dogs, and I get into a lot of, like, behavioral, like, observation with them. And you just relate it to things, and it's very understandable. It's like, you know... Action and reaction, like, you know, cause and effect, uh, you know, people only know what they know until they, until they know, you know what I'm saying? And then you can understand why somebody moves or behave the way they, they behave. Like, think about what they currently have versus what they don't understand, you know? The enlightenment really comes from a person be having the patience to realize that and then try to uh, relate and because you know that person doesn't understand <laughs> he's not from where you are you know mm-hmm. we don't experience things at the same time you know what I'm saying? what's that one thing you said about understanding the roots to you know what i'm talking about that bears meaning to that same statement that i said you know the root of when you, once you know the root of everything you know all like where something starts then begins the knowledge like it's written from that point mm-hmm. you know there's there's nothing else that's going to come from you know, that's going to come before the form of the root. Uh, relate that to any topic that you you want to put when it comes to, like, DJing. Like, how does somebody get started to, like, DJing, and how does this how does this person become world famous, you know? There's a root to that journey. Um, there's a root to the language as we know it, as we speak it. You get me? Mm-hmm. Um, we we skim. We want to know the, We want to know the ending of the story before we even understand where it actually came from and what's the purpose of it, you know what I'm saying? All these problems that you faced with event planning, with anything that comes up in life, right? Specifically these festivals, how have you taken these lessons and applied it to your own events, such as Tribe, Friends of Friends? Uh, you have another one, it's the Saturdays con Sazon, right? Yep, Saturday con Sazon, and then I'm kicking off a new crazy, like, DJ show event with my homie Boy Genius. He's a man, he's a world-renowned, award-winning turntablist. You know, Midwest. You know, Latin DJ of the year. All types of stuff, bro. But um, these shout are, out Boy Genius. Most definitely, it's the it's the bro. It's the uh, like open it up, man. You know, it's to show people like, okay, I go to Saturday con Song, like Saturday con Song. If you heard all the music throughout that whole party, did it sound did it sound like a Saturday con salsa? <laughs> you know, just don't get me wrong, you lost in the party, but we're in that we're in there, boom, boom. Uh, giving it people like a designated night, you know, people like a product. They like to know what they're gonna get into, um, and putting titles on the events and and craft them in that manner reinsures people like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have a great-ass time listening to House Music Night at Tribe. Oh, man, I'm going to have a great-ass time at this brunch party that we're doing with, like, Los Velas on my birthday. 
you know what the vibe's like. These parties bring so many people together. When you have that overview, I'm seeing like the younger kids, the younger homies do that now and bringing all their crazy like events together and you see how dope it is. You see how many interesting like characters come to those people. Like, man, that's, that's what I'm, out of all these events, I'm hoping to see that more and more and more. This is crazy, especially the way that just like you said, the different crowds that are brought out to each different event and the feelings that are bring, being brought to all these parties. Not every party is the same. Not everybody brings the same energy, the same vibes. So, you know, creating something that's for everybody, you know, maybe your party doesn't fit this person's character, but this other party does. It's great that somebody else is doing that for that other person. So when we were talking, you know, through text, you had mentioned that your energy is focused on, you know, understanding people, understanding time. And there's a lot going on with you right now. Law of attraction, I think of making sure that you're attracting positive things into your life. You said that understanding why things happen and then letting it go. Mm -hmm. Because when you internalize it, when you focus on it, it just sits with you. It's not, it's not going to do anything for you. In what ways have you applied this to your life recently? So, for example, even recently, like some, a person like me, I do, I, I do too many things. Um, I get to a point a, a lot of times in my days where I have to really just organize and prioritize what's actually important versus something that I kind of want to do because I'm like doing too much, you know? So being able to really kind of like brush it off and like just forgive yourself or just have patience even with yourself if you can have patience with yourself you got patience with many other people you know um for example today i woke up emergency dog training session uh helped out my friend had some music to organize jumped into a meeting for the festivals hopped on a few texts <laughs> for like other events and then just understanding like I gotta put everything up, man. I have an interview. I just put everything down. Let me refocus and just. But I'm gonna get back to it, you know. Just being able to. So for for example, I can put that in relating to people. Say, you're you're going to like the grocery store and you happen to bump into somebody and they're like, oh, and they're just like, oh, move out the way. And it's just like, I some people will take that a certain way and get into a fight or something like that. I'm gonna be like, oh, you good? Like I'm more like taking it light because. I got, I have more patience, like, when I'm out, like, in public, per se. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to, because, I mean, that's where all the bad shit is going to happen when people conflict and it's just, they don't have time for each other and then, bah, you know? Some of these things don't even make sense to be mad about. You know, when I go, when I go out with my homies and they get into a fight or they're trying to get into a fight with somebody, I'm like, bro, for what? At the end of the day, one of you is going to get hurt. I don't know if it's going to be the other person or you, but now we got to take a side trip to the emergency room because you got cut or some dumb shit, right? And it didn't have to be like that. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, you could have walked away and said, oh, well, I had a good night. We had a couple drinks. Maybe you're too drunk. Even better reason to just go home because nothing good comes out of being angry. In those moments, like, our people, ourselves, we don't take the time to be like, 
yo, like, I'm a tripping. I don't need to do that. Like, it's like the options. Like, yo, take a break and look at your options and be cool, yo. Protect your energy. Like, like chill. Like, you know, like earlier I was like, I thought I was riding here and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm going to run a little late. I'm, I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to chill. Like, I'm going to get there. <laughs> like, knowing, knowing when to do those in the moments probably can, like, save your life, too. Because, mm-hmm. you know, people get into accidents. People, like, just make mistakes when you're frustrated and you're and you're not trying to like hear somebody miscommunication like crazy like you're mad and you read a straight text and somebody puts a cap on it on accident you you you're gone boom you like chill bro chill Mm. (laughs) it's a lot of people out there like that yo chill bro understanding the root and then you can see everything else once you find the root of that issue okay let's fix it not everything has to be a larger battle. That's uh, that's something I've been preaching a lot. You know, it's it's never that deep. You might be angry about it, but I'm not gonna stress about it because now you're angry. I'm angry. What the, what's gonna come of it? My friend Nez, like he, I saw him in the summer. You know, shout out to him. Dope dude. He uh, random. I'm in the festival at Pilsen Fest. You know, he's like asking me, yo, how's it going? You know, how you been? And I'm like, man, I'm good, man. You know, I'm just trying to maintain. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to keep my head, keep organized. But I'm like busy as hell, you know. And he's like, and he's like, bro, don't sound like that, bro. That's a good problem to have, you know. He's like, you know how privileged you are, and like, that, that even like that home is someone. I was like, man, you know what? You're right. I'm trying to, I'm, a, I'm a refrain from speaking in that manner as much as I can, because you know some people don't have anything going on. Mm-hmm. And when some people don't know that you got going on, they be looking at you like, "Yo, what's up? Why you like, you know?" So it's understanding. I'm if both part, both sides can understand, we could be in the middle and we're gonna be always be cool. So then, as one of the leading creatives in Chicago, right? You mentioned trying to learn from others. That's a that's a big thing to say. You're you're up here, man. So sometimes, and maybe you don't view yourself like that. Maybe you do. But wanting to learn from others is a huge thing because not everybody's willing to do it. What are you hoping to gain from these other people, whether it's an artist, whether it's just somebody that you encounter on the street? It's a small experience, and it's a small lesson that you can take from somebody. Don't get me wrong. Like, as you're at, like, you can be, you can say, like, you're at the top, but you should always remain like a student because things like always changing like that top or that feeling is only like a moment unless you work and you built the foundation of it but you you know how you have like these one hit wonders and everybody can just blow up like like that it can happen and if you don't have a secure foundation under that you're going to you're going to fall you're going to fall very hard um so when Learning off of, like, others, you can start to fill in little gaps of, like, refinement within self. You learn from other experience. Like, everybody's not going to do something perfect and perfect. Like, perfect is really only a point in time to a certain liking of somebody. It's not, it doesn't exist. Um, so, you know, going back to that, you know, it's not, it's not going to happen. So it's like I'm not going to, like, beat myself up with something being to like on point so learning from other people man it just allows you to to know a lot you got options like this person obviously enjoyed 
this because of some other reason or man how this person like get this style or bro how this person get how this person dj for this amount of years and why isn't he up here versus that you learn so how this person get up there that quick is mm. be aware you know don't don't be ignorant to thinking like oh something's only one way what's an important lesson that you've learned from somebody that you've carried with you don't be in somebody else's shadow like that's one thing that we kind of mistake and then don't even know everybody's like oh i want to do my own thing but it's it's never really a, your own thing until you get to a mastery level per se of it you you're really like life's a huge ass compliment and that's what it's all ever gonna be it's a huge compliment we're here together. Ain't nobody's going to be here like, oh, man, I did this. Oh, I'm here solo one more. So, no, you did that for all these people can look at it. Like, be truthful. Like, you know? So it's like, on the way up, yo, let's, let's all make this look good. One last final question, man. I appreciate you, you know, sliding, giving your time. What's up? And, you know, it's, it's been a dope conversation. What do you feel like you're missing at this point in your life, if anything? I feel like we just got more work to do, man. We have we have to organize more. We have to be a little bit more purposeful. Not we, though. You. When I say we, it's ultimately like me, too, because when you have people that are, like, looking up to you or, like, following you, it it's you and them, too. Like, you know, especially if you're a teacher, you can relate as a substitute teacher. Like, the better I get, the better everybody else. You know, the more organized... I can get with everything from like financial to structure and being able to spread that also me helps, you know? Just the thought of me thinking of like one of my homies don't have it in structure. Damn, do I got my oh I'm gonna go get mine. I'm a, you know, it's it's all of that. So I'm gonna continue refining it, continuing to be organized, and continuing to get more like well versed and like take it up another level to help everybody else who are seeking that knowledge or that experience to then be able to do so. Somebody's taking the road before me, and every now and then I am being blessed with being able to meet these people or, or gain more knowledge also. And, bro, we're going to continue to do that. Like, I don't see why not, you know. Um, everybody has their own path, but there's many different roads to get there. Well, I hope to continue to see you make progress in what you're accomplishing. Yeah. You guys got a lot of big shit coming up, and I'm excited to see the growth, especially with Tribe. I know that's your guys' passion project, so. Good work, good work. We're trying to bring the world to Chicago and then Chicago around the world. Hell yeah. All right, man, I appreciate you. Thank you for sliding. That's going to be all, guys. Make sure you go ahead, like, comment, and subscribe. Make sure you go ahead and check out Tribe. And every Thursday at the Giant Penny Whistle Tavern in Pilsen, we kicking worldwide house music, man. Uh, from the roots, soul, black, brown, tech, shit that bangs. Uh. Everything. <laughs> Everything. It's good, man. It's good. All right, guys. Make sure you go ahead, like, comment, and subscribe. Sad Boys for real. Peace out. This is Sad Boy Radio.